The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. A dovish Fed, a soft landing, tech stocks are off to the races. But wrapped up in one earnings report last night, everything tech investors fear for 2024. What Adobe is warning. It's Thursday, December 14th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. Adobe out with its numbers last night. Fourth quarter was good. Earnings and sales remain strong, but the company signaled some issues for 2024 And they're sort of the issues, D, that every tech company and every analyst and investor is worried about for next year. Yeah. And let me let me be clear here. We don't mean to be Debbie Downers because after (laughs) sort of the Fed decision and and Fed Chair Powell's comments yesterday kind of set the stage for this stock market rally to broaden out beyond the Magnificent Seven. You've certainly seen that today, right, Gilbert? Right. And and if you spent the last year worried about economic growth and, you know, the coming recession, you would have missed out on this, you know, huge year for tech stocks. Yeah. And it was kind of this meeting this year around was kind of the opposite of the year previously when everyone was worrying about rates going higher. So yesterday, what we got was a signal for potential cuts next year. So that is just good for tech stocks, right? When they have higher growth and earnings are further off in the future, having lower interest rates or having them stay the same provides a little bit more certainty. But what we wanted to focus on today is, you know, maybe a part of the market that isn't off to the races, that isn't risk on like some of those smaller, growthier speculative names. And that could be telling us that there could be some signs of stress building in certain areas of tech. And what we're talking about today are these two companies that often report in the back end of the earnings season. So once we get through the Magnificent Seven, the big tech mega caps, there's a tendency to say, okay, we got through it. Everything's okay. There was no huge surprises. We'll be able to go on. But Adobe, and we're going to talk about Oracle in a minute as well, these are late reporters. They have more information to go on. They have more information to build into their outlooks. And both of these were disappointing. So let's look at Adobe. Shares were down at one point today, more than 6% on the back of its earnings. The first issue, Gilbert, disappointing outlook. Everyone is worried about what growth is going to look like in 2024. And here was Adobe saying, yeah, you know, there could be some reason to worry. They gave an estimate that was below what the street was expecting. And I think it's a it's a fair question for investors. I think a related issue uh, in terms of you know what the what the landing is going to look like next year is as rates come down, does money rotate more into semis that have outperformed this year or into smaller, uh, maybe more mid cap tech that has underperformed? The second issue, related issue, slower than expected AI, artificial intelligence ramp, right? This is something that has been sort of being priced in all year. And Adobe is seen as a player in the space. They've been developing tools, Firefly, um, tools that will keep them relevant in this age. And so investors and analysts, they were hoping that some of these tools that Adobe's rolling out, that they would contribute more to that top line growth. Big issue for all of tech. We've talked about this before, how it moved from like a tell me to show me. Investors don't want to hear how generative AI tools are going to change the bottom and top lines. They want to actually see it coming through now. And so is that going to be 
more of a phenomenon, the monetization of AI in 2024 or 2025? Because that would lead to probably a repricing of some of these names, Adobe in particular. I like this quote from Mizuho this morning. Here's the quote. Personally, I still rank Adobe as a top long for 2024, but I'm looking at the guide, which is the outlook, and wondering where is all this AI-related growth, which I think it sort of sums up, you know, he, that analyst was talking about maybe this is a conservative outlook. Um, but, you know, that's that's what people are wondering. You've got all these new AI tools. Where is the additional incremental growth because of them? And by the way, this isn't a new question. Adobe is sort of represents this question being asked about other software companies, exactly. too, and other tech companies. You know, Wall Street's wondering, where is that growth? <laughs> Will we see that early next year? And again, Adobe just tells us, Maybe we won't see it for a little bit longer. Just an open question. The third issue that Adobe's earnings um, raised last night, regulatory scrutiny. So it's Figma acquisition. That was announced more than a year ago, and it is still making its way through the DOJ, the Department of Justice. Um, now there's a separate investigation from the other antitrust agency, the FTC, into Adobe's disclosure and subscription cancellation practices, which Adobe said could result in significant costs or penalties. We have to highlight companies don't say that lightly. They have to warn the street of material impact. And that's what Adobe did here. So this is really something for investors to look out for. Yeah. And not just for Adobe, right? There's sort of any number of tech companies that are looking at at regulation next year and thinking about, you know, an FTC fine or a DOJ penalty. It's part of a broader story we've been telling over the past few months, that of a more aggressive, more nimble regulators that are only ramping up their scrutiny. Uh, you know, the rate environment and macro back backdrop may be getting more favorable uh, for M&A activity, but actually getting deals through and getting everything approved might be, you know, another issue. And we've we've been, you know, fairly critical of this. What have the regulators actually been able to achieve? We did a long form piece on all the deals that Amazon, for example, has done under Lena Khan's tenure. Um, but as someone reminded me recently, who operates in the space and DC and the regulatory space, these take time. And it's an open-ended question again in 2024, do we start to see the regulators get a few more wins under their belts? And, you know, stopping the Figma acquisition, whether you agree with it or not, um, that would be sort of a win for the DOJ to stop, you know, this massive acquisition, if that's what you think they're there to do. But of course, people feel differently here and certainly in, in business and finance. Um, so those three issues, Mark, Cautious growth, slow AI ramp, regulation. Um, if you're a fundamental tech investor, that might keep you up at night. Right. And those are, and they all showed up in Adobe's report, which I think is interesting, as you said, because it comes at the very end of the year. Exhibit B then is Oracle, right? Shares are down more than 10% this week. Uh, it reported earnings on Monday after the bell. And, you know, those numbers pointed to slowing sequ sequential growth in its cloud business, raising all sorts of questions about this software comeback that analysts and VCs and investors have started talking about. It was also a reality check coming after beaten raises from other smaller names that we got sort of later in the cycle and a reminder that the cloud story, um, you know, is in no way clear. 
not yet. Um, but again, sort of this rally we've seen heading into year end has maybe put those concerns on the back burner. And what Oracle did was just bring them to the forefront again. And it's also interesting that it's Oracle, right? Because this is a company that has really made quite a comeback. And who would have thought a few years ago that Oracle would be sort of the number four name in cloud that we would be talking about. But as such, it's become more important. It's become more of a barometer of enterprise spending and the hyperscalers at large, a much smaller one. But then let's go to those hyperscalers, right? Because it was a while ago now, because Google and Amazon and Microsoft, they report much earlier in the earnings season, but Google missed estimates on its cloud business. Its advertising was fine. So, you know, it kind of went under the radar, though that stock was down quite a lot the next day. But then there was Amazon and the street was mixed on this because remember, I still remember listening to that earnings call and Andy Jassy got on the CEO and said that he provided a lot of optimism into the quarter so far, but that was again, weeks ago. So there was some hope that AWS growth, their cloud growth was bottoming, but I asked the CFO explicitly, could you call a bottom? And he couldn't say that. So again, just an open question. Yeah. And if cloud growth is weak, not saying it will be, but if cloud growth is weak, it could signal weaker enterprise spending overall and economic uncertainty. You know, perhaps there's also this phenomenon of very cost conscious budget tightening clients across, you know, not just tech, but the, uh, you know, the companies that are that are the customers of of these hyperscalers. I also think it's worth thinking about inflation, right? as a sales driver for these companies, because rising prices meant that they could raise the cost of their products how much they charge as inflation eases, um, do they lose some of that that leverage they have to to continue to raise prices? And actually, an interesting part of this conversation we had on TV this morning uh, when I was laying this out is the idea of AI spending is going to go up, whether that's in the months ahead or a year ahead or years ahead, whatever you think it is, it's going to ramp up. And also an open question whether that replaces some of the existing enterprise spending or if that's going to be new enterprise spending. We still don't Incremental, really have- yeah. Is it going to replace exactly. or is it going to be incremental on top of? And yeah, we really don't have a, you know, a complete sense of that right now. You know, actually, one of the funniest things I thought happened today, Gilbert, I'm not sure if you caught this, a bull on the loose, like an actual bull. Was that in New Jersey? <laughs> I did. That's so funny that I, I, that's terrible that I it work in this business and I saw that video and did not connect it to a bull market. Yeah, no, I just saw that and was like, oh, that's funny. Ha <laughs> ha. I thought at first I thought that someone posted old footage, um, but no, now I have to think if there was like, you know, some trolls out there who let a bull loose because it does feel like we're this bull market can continue now with the Fed saying what it said yesterday. Um, but that is sort of like the main point here is that um, the Fed is sort of the big piece here. And that really lays the groundwork for 2024 to potentially be a good year for stocks. So we're not saying that Adobe and Oracle are going to ruin that. We're just saying that there's something to be aware of. And I would also say that the moves are contained. So that may be a good thing. It may tell us something else. They did well, not impact the broader software and cloud universe. And what's also so funny is that big tech did great under a higher rate environment. So everything yes. sort of flipped around. You you expect as as rates go down uh, for tech to do well, but tech did well when rates went up. So sort of who knows, uh, you know, which is the, I used this term yesterday, the tail wagging the dog, which is the driver and which is the the follower in these scenarios. And you also saw yesterday and today as well, the mega cap names take a beat, right? They were actually lower while the more speculative, exactly. higher growth stuff was higher. And if you think about market rotation, that's a, that could be a really healthy name because those mega caps have run up so much. Um, we have a kicker today, Gilbert. Why don't you introduce it? Yeah. Okay. So 
We had, uh, DB, you had a little bit of a bone to pick today. Blackstone put out their holiday video today. It's the era of holiday parties. It's the era of, uh, or the month of holiday videos. Um, it was a little cringe. It was a sing-along with uh, Blackstone executives singing along to a song with the words changed, um, wearing silly outfits, sort of superimposed on on background, on uh, you know fake backgrounds. He, I'm gonna, just going to read a line. I'm not going to sing it, but we lead in private equity. It's true. Real estate and secondaries credit to it's the alternatives era. Oh, 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 build with Blackstone. <laughs> Should have just sung it, Gilbert, um, but well done. <laughs> you missed the most important part. This is all an ode to Taylor Swift. Right. Did you yeah. catch that? Time yeah, person okay. of the Yeah, time person of the year. Why not, uh, you know, the biggest phenomenon, why not try to like tie your holiday video to it? I guess it gets some of that Taylor halo effect. There's the generative AI halo and then there's the Taylor Swift halo. So why not? Um, I just, you know, I saw it as we were, getting together to record this podcast. And I thought, hmm, here's the annual, you know, Blackstone video. And this is sort of an annual tradition dating back to 2018. And it's when the executives kind of have their chance to have like an office moment. They film it like in an office style before they launched into that, that interesting music video. Um, Often, you know, they reference the firm's investments. One year featured a cameo by Reese Witherspoon. So it was kind of in those lines. And yes, I could, I kind of watched it with like one hand over my eyes. Um, but I think that's the point. What I think is interesting, and, and I guess here's my issue. I'm all for making these corporate videos. I mean, that's fun. And I think it unites, you know, like a workforce employees get to hear and see the CEOs and top executives being silly and kind of in a different light. But the fact that they like put it out there, this was posted, I think, on their Instagram, on their Twitter feed and on YouTube. That is an interesting move to me, the full six minute version. And they turned off the comments. So it's almost like they knew what they were going to get all ends of the spectrum. So it was a little bit self-aware, but I just think it's funny that they post it themselves. I, my, sort of take, I my sort of take is just like attention grabbing stunt gets some attention, right? And like sort of it, the whole point of it is that it's sort of supposed to be like purposefully cringe. You know, you've like Steve Schwartzman wearing like a yeah. glittery outfit, like sort of the point is to post it and have people say like, oh, wow, why are they doing that? And then it gets you talking about it. Um, I do agree with what you're saying, which is that it's, I think this is basically for uh, employees and sort of to uh, allow for this opportunity for management to kind of poke poke fun at themselves. Right. Um, you know, it's like you but, you create it, you create an internal communications department and, you know, they're going to communicate. They're going to make stuff like this. But look at what we're doing. We're talking about Blackstone and Taylor Swift. We're not talking about private equity and barbarians at the gate or Goldman Sachs and the giant vampire squid. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, this attempt to put a sort of fuzzier, fuzzier image on themselves. I mean, but that's but it's like, come on, how transparent is that? You know, I guess I guess. Anyways, I I suppose we're here for it. Our producer Jasmine liked it. Um, good for team morale, I'm sure. Um, and th there are some others which we're not going to mention, but I will say that Mark and I both watched the Apollo video and I mean, that was wild. Yeah, because like less produced, just kind of like following them around the office. Didn't understand that one. Maybe better have, to have kept internal. But anyways, we're here for it. <laughs> send we'll us in. If you, see, if you see some cringy corporate videos, send it to us. <laughs> we'll review them. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. 
Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.